Hello and welcome to episode 181 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, as always, joined by Casey. Hello. How's things, mate? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Looking forward to... No, no, I'm not looking forward to Liverpool. What am I feeling? Terrified. Terrified. Yeah. I am looking forward to Saturday quite a lot. It's got nothing to do with the football. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I might really enjoy this game no matter what because I'm at a beer festival most of the day. So we'll see. We'll see post Liverpool if I can remember any of it for a start. Might um, be the best. It really might be. I mean, that the, the only other time that I've been in that state watching a game in recent years was Spurs away, where the first half in my head was great, even though we didn't play well, but we we scored. And that'll do. Mm. And then the second half was awful, but I couldn't really pay attention to it, so it's fine. Um. But yeah, to do is we'll go back because I'm less annoyed than I was in the last one. I've calmed down, can go back to pulling one out. Ah, welcome back, Jesse. I see you finally hit rock bottom. <laughs> Not a chance. I can sink way lower. I'm just here to help my friend Jurgen. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's one bit of news Christmas fixtures have moved. Uh, so, Boxing Day, which everyone <clears throat> likes to go to the football on Boxing Day. Well, now we've played at 8 pm on the 28th of December. Ah, traditional Christmas football. Yeah. I mean, it don't matter whether Marsh is in charge then, whether it's someone else. That game is about watching how many goals Erling Haaland scores. Oof. Uh, so I would have rather just done that on Boxing Day and found a way to enjoy it. I think that. It sucks not playing Boxing Day. You shouldn't. It, I don't think it should be a thing. No, I, th- I think we were talking about it before, and I think every game should be played on Boxing Day. And I think you have two games kick off at midday: two at two, two at four, two at six, and two at eight. There you go. Yeah, I agree with you on that. That'd be the one. Well, I don't think you can do that many kickoff times because you can't get home at that time on Boxing Day, if you don't have a car. Listen. Not that that stopped them before. <laughs> what's, ha- what's happening to Leeds fans on Saturday? <laughs> yeah, but that's wrong as well. <laughs> Just because one thing's wrong doesn't mean we should do more things wrong. They're not the fucking Tories. <laughs> um, All the FA. Yeah, and the West Ham home game, which was on the 2nd of January, has moved to the 4th, which was always likely to move, but Ah, well. Um, so, Jesse Marsh has just done a press conference, and normally we're either just before the press conference so we don't get to talk about it, or we're so far after that it's only brief. But we'll talk about it a little bit more today, because it's quite interesting when a manager's under that much pressure. Team news will do at the end, because that bleeds into the preview. Uh, he was asked specifically how the board has been supportive, and he said that he spoke with all of, all of them and they have been very supportive. They've had lots of ideas, talking about adding a lot of staff in, including some psychologists, which I thought that we already had, and we definitely had before. And Marsh seems like the sort that would bring one with him. Well, uh, originally he was gonna he was gonna sack the psychologist they have now, but um, after having a word with him, the psychologist convinced him that he did do a good job, and it wasn't ah, his fault. Ah, fair enough. Well, it's obviously good then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he also said that they've been talking about modifying the World Cup schedule and I get the feeling that when Jesse Marsh talks to him about the schedule during and after the World Cup they go, yeah, yeah, Jesse, whatever you say, mate 
Just just put it on the letter, push it under the door. Yeah. Um <laughs> There's one here, there's a letter here from Billy Bremner. Yeah. Have you ever been like two days away from leaving a job and someone comes up to you to talk about the plans for next week? Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um there is a quote number one that I think may come back to haunt him, even though it's actually a fair enough thing to say. I'm not dumb. If we don't win games, it will be difficult for them to support me. The thing is, he's going to make a sub that people disagree with and people are going to quote to it that going, I thought you weren't dumb. Um, He, I mean, that one is fair enough, really. Uh, But the the one that, the first one that showed a bit of a change in, in behaviour for him was when he was talking about how he is angry right now. He's tired of being in games and being the better side and not winning. Uh, tired of giving away goals cheaply. In all of my career, I've never lost this much as a player or a coach. That is very Lampard. I'm damn sick and tired. Sick, sick and, and tired. tired. Sick, sick, sick and tired. Of watching Rodrigo smash a ball across the field for some reason. Now, I'm not pretending that we haven't missed big chances in games. Like, he pulled a few out, obviously, Bamford's penalty against Arsenal's one. There's a couple of our misses. He pulled out one that I'd actually forgot about, Sinistera missing from two yards against Brighton. Hmm. Which I had, I had actually forgotten about that one, to be fair. But saying... I, I, I wish you'd stop saying I'm being better and not winning. We have been better in a couple of games, but he seems convinced that we're playing well. And it isn't true. We've had a couple of games where we've played well and a couple of games where we've been average and a few a few games where we've been poor. There is... I, I think if you just said that in the, like in the Palace and Fulham games that, and Leicester games that we were competitive... I could live with that because I, I think that would be an appropriate response to those it'd games. Be su- it'd be sugarcoating it, but it would be... You couldn't say he's wrong. Like, in as much as, you know, we, we talked about how we, we've not created that many chances, but we had the majority We had the majority possession in those games, and I think most of it will have been in the opposition half as well. Certainly for, for Leicester and Fulham. Um, but, yeah, it is. It, I suppose, ultimately, it does come down to the chances you create from that. Yeah, and that tired of giving away goals cheaply. Well, one of the reasons that we're conceding these goals cheaply is because of the system that Jesse Marsh is playing. It's, it's very... Even when it is stuff that's on the players, I, hit, I don't like when managers do this. It just bugs me. The look, I'm doing my bit. It's them, and even when that's true, I don't like hearing managers say it. Mm. You know, we're not, you know, Brighton when they were winning, when they were winning every XG by and comfortably and drawing nil nil and then losing one nil. It's not that level of underperformance. We are underperforming as numbers, but I still don't think it's good. And he really did go in on a lot of the players. He said, there was one, I need to find players which are up to the task, was one of them. Uh, And there was one that I put on Twitter, which I find, demands are high. And then he specified, you know, in terms of performance, in terms of taking advantage, in terms of, but basically it was, 
Demands are high. Obviously, certain personalities can handle it and some waver in times like this. Um, now, that is true of anything. You know, some people can handle it better than others. But it was another quote that he has the he absolutely has the right to say it. If he thinks that that's what's happening, it's perfectly within his rights to say it. It's a big risk sort of calling the players out like that. And it's always the sort of thing that you hear managers that are under big pressure do. Yeah. Um, it, it it very much smacks of last roll of the dice, doesn't it? To, mm. to motivate some people, either light a bit of a fire under them or hope that others pick up, pick up a bit of the slack or something like that. But yeah. um, I'd say, I, th- I think the the concerning thing with stuff like that is there's not certainly through the last four games there's there's not many players I think have had awful games mm. I, th- I think most players have been mediocre done some stuff well others other bits not so well but there's there's not many I'd pick out and say like God, they were horrendous. So it, it's yeah. an inter- it's an interesting one when you when you say making comments like that, and you know, I'd, I'd say if you were to pick out average match ratings for for the squad for those games, you, you'd probably say it's between most of them played between like a four and a six. Yeah, it's that's one of, that's one of the things. I don't, think, but it's. Uh, there was another bit where he said, we are not prepared to seize moments. And we haven't been seizing moments. But I don't know how much of that is preparation and how much of that is we're playing chaos ball in the final third. So even the good chances, maybe players that set as well. Hmm. Uh, I don't know how right that is because a couple of them players were <laughs> like a, a couple of Bamford's chances. He was set fine. I can't hmm. really... So it's an interesting one to say. It's weird that he keeps saying that the performances haven't been bad, but he also said we're close, but it's not been good enough. The results haven't been, but either they are good, the performances are good enough or they're not. You either think you're unlucky or you think you haven't been good enough. It doesn't really work to have both. Uh, he said he could not ask more from Victor Orta. You couldn't ask more from any sporting director than what he's done. I have a I have thing you could ask for a fucking left back. <laughs> A left back and a number nine, please. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting one. Uh, this one, like, don't get me wrong, it is underperformance, but he said, it's impossible to believe we have only got two points from the last eight based on the performances. I think that's probably fair that it is... It, it, nothing's impossible. And I hate, after what Rad said in fucking pre-season, no one should be using the word impossible. And that's not retrospective. Everyone said it at the time. Uh, it is very difficult. When you actually look at all the games in isolation, it is very difficult to believe that we've only got two points from the last day. Even yeah, though I we... don't think the performances have been good. There has been a couple of games in there where we've been worth a lot more than that. I'd say we should have three. All against Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> Like if you're gonna say there's a game that we're unlucky not to get something out of, that it's that one. Yeah. Like the rest of them in this run, there's well, it starts at Brentford, <clears throat> which 
we were unlucky to get beat 5-2, but I don't think we were unlucky to get beat. No. Uh, we drew with Aston, Everton. Aston Villa, nil-nil, we should have done. Probably should have done better in that. Well, I saw first half, yes, but second half was all backs to the wall with 10 men. Yeah. So I think a draw is probably a good point there. Um, I'm just trying to... I've blanked out most of these. Palace. I thought by the end we deserved to lose that game. Yeah. Um, we were better than them for half an hour. They were better than us for an hour. Yeah. There's... And then so, on to what? So we're currently at one from three that we deserve. And we're on one from three in real life. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal next. I genuinely think we deserve to win that game. So I keep... we, I'll give him that we're now four. Yeah. Deserved. Uh, Leicester, we really didn't create much. No, they, they were crap too, but I still thought they were better than us. Um... And then Fulham? No, Fulham with that side. Yeah. So it is just the Arsenal game that we're unlucky on, isn't it, really? It's, I mean, it's just, what, just looking at the stats for the Fulham game. 14 shots to, to 11. We both had five on target. It's very disappointing sort of conversion ratio defensively. Um, but they but, had big chances. Yeah. We some of our shots on target are weak ones from the edge of the box, and theirs. I mean, if they've had five on target, I think four of them were big chances. Like, yeah, um, fifty-eight percent possession to forty-two, hundred more passes than them. Um, although they did, they did have twice as many corners as us. Yeah. So, just I'd, uh, I'd slightly just load, unlucky. Just loading up. Um, it's called understat.com. It's the first XG website I've come to. Um, and it has the XG down as 1.96 for us to 2.48 for Fulham. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, 3-2 sounds about right, doesn't it? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, slightly better uh, for the Leicester game. 1.19 for us to 0.66 for them. Remember, though, one's an own goal. That counts as zero. Yeah. Um, Arsenal, our goal difference was 2.02 to 0.82. Yeah, we deserve to win that game. We're better side. Yeah. Um, Palace, they were 1.65 to our 1.07. And then Villa is 0.30 to their 1.90. Yeah, so you can't exactly say it was a good point. Yeah. But we maybe didn't deserve. So like he's he's complaining at two and saying it's in, and saying it's such a ridiculously unlucky run. It is an unlucky run, but I think we maybe should have had four or five. Yeah. Like it's not like again, it's not like that run that Brighton had where they were seventeenth in the table and fourth in the XG table. It's not such an underperformance that you can't ask questions. Uh, Michael Brown's message is saying that he thinks Marsh will be Leeds manager for some time. Club can't afford to sack him as he's on a four-year contract. Similar to Leicester with Rodgers. Uh, there does sound like there's a little bit of that with Rodgers. I don't think Jesse Marsh will be on nearly as big a wage as Rodgers is. 
Uh, and when you're in the situation we're in, you know, if you can't, if if they think that they need to sack him, it doesn't matter how much it costs. You just have to do it anyway because it isn't going to cost <coughs> 140 like 140 million pounds, which is what it'll cost if you go down. Yeah. Um, uh, he has sent us a he has sent us a couple more things, but they're more team based, so we'll talk about that later. Um, from these quotes, does that sound a bit like a change in behaviour from Marsh? Yeah, it's certainly a, a move away from vibes into, <laughs> you know, into, into angry vibes. Uh. <laughs> Um, I suppose everything's a vibe if you want it to be. Um, but yeah, it's kind of it, it, you can tell that you can tell he's under pressure because yeah. there's I can't really remember many points of him picking out individuals. And, and even if it's that's one thing I'll get. That's one thing I'll give him. Other than talking about chances missed, which I think is fair game. Hmm. Whenever he's called out the player, he didn't name anyone, which is, which is the reason that I, even though I don't particularly like it, I'm not angry. If he'd have said players like this guy and this guy, then I'd be fuming. Would you be upset if it was Junior Furpo? <sighs> yeah, yes, <laughs> less so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also I don't think Junior Furpo is like shirking. I just think he's not good enough. <laughs> and I think his head's completely gone. But I don't think it's shirking. He always shows for the ball. He always tries to do stuff. <laughs> if anything, he's overly committed to challenges. Yeah. At least um, the first one. Yeah, and he was very effusive in his praise for Liverpool, which is fair enough. Because even though they've not been at it this season, they are like still 29 games unbeaten or something at home. Uh, and you know that's the sort of fixture you want when you're in our position. Uh, stupid kickoff time, quarter to eight on Saturday. Liverpool away. It's a bit hard to know how they're going to line up because they have shifted formation a lot recently. Um, it's more four two. It's there's been because they had years of the four three three mostly. Uh, but it's been more four two three one this season. They've had a lot of four four two, and against Ajax, it was more four three one two with like Salah and Nunes up top and Firmino behind. Uh, yeah. So I can do any of them really. The only thing that's pretty certain is it'll be a back four. Um, I f could see them going like sort of four two three one for this one. I think. Mm. Uh, because just it gets four bodies up the pitch. Att if you've attacking got against eighteenth of the table at home, yeah, yeah, yeah you, if you'd expect them to. They might even just go four two four. Uh, but if you've got the four bodies up the pitch, you're not quite passing it around between the back and midfield as much, which is our one chance of pressing and getting something. So if we can avoid that. You don't really see what we're gonna do. Uh looking at this, I mean obviously it's it's a really good squad. They have got a lot of injuries to be fair. Um Kanate, I think he might has been struggling, but he's back in the squad. Matip is injured, I believe. 
Naby Keita and Alpha Mello are out. Tiago is back in training, apparently, but he has been ill, so I don't know how available he is. Uh, Luis Diaz is out. Diogo Jota is out. Um, but the difference probably, is probably good for us that 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 Diogo Jota's out injured because he is an despite his size, he is an aerial threat. Yeah, he absolutely is. That, the, that uh, man, that man knows how to find a yard in the penalty area for a cross. Yeah. Um, so going through their side, Allison might be the best goalkeeper in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I I can't think of a better one. I mean, it says a lot that a friend of ours sent us a thing to try and name a, a World Cup a team. You can players who are at the World Cup, you can only have one per nation. And Brazil have all that attacking talent, and the Brazilian I used was Allison. Yeah. Um. Probably Trent at right back, but as he played in the Champions League, maybe they'll rest him and they might play Milner there. Gomez and Van Dijk is currently their best two centre-backs current form. Maybe Canate plays instead of one of them, but I think it will be Gomez and Van Dijk. And then Robertson left back, but again, he played against Ajax, so maybe Sinekas. But that's not really that much of a drop-off either. Uh, <coughs> um, if they play a midfield two, which is what I'm guessing, Fabinho and Thiago... Yeah, um, could play Henderson, but yeah. he's apparently he's apparently had a knock, which is why I thought he was the least likely. Because if you've got anyone who's got a knock, you're not risking him against us. Yeah, There's... I mean, I'm just I'm just looking at who who they have on the bench as well. Um, depending, on, it's not his strongest position, but Curtis Jones could come in there. I've got Jones in the list. He could play there if they play a midfield three. Then Jones, Elliot, or Fabio Carvalho have all played there this season. Um, so maybe if they if they do do four two three one, as I'm thinking, well, Sa- uh, Salah on the right for me now at ten, and then again it's the same players. It's probably Carvalho, Elliot, or Jones on the left. We knew yeah. as as the main striker. Obviously, you can move that round. You can play Firmino up top, play someone else in midfield. They've got loads of options. Like Milner can play in centre mid as well, if they want them to. Probably ain't got the legs to play on the wing anymore, but depending on who we have at full back, he does. Uh, it's it's a good. There are various tactical ways they could line up, and all of them worry me. Basically, ah, uh, with with those players, you don't need tactics, do you? Just go forward. Uh, based on what I've seen this season, you do. <laughs> um, so, with them, there isn't loads to talk about. They're a really good side. They're even better at home. We're in trouble. So, we already have Marsh's tendency to throw in a weird selection every now and then. Even more so when he's under pressure. And the only times he's changed formation are against the big boys, really. Dallas and Forshaw still out, as expected. But question's over, and the way he said it sounded like they wouldn't be fit. Mm. Leo Leo Hielder, who isn't back yet. Gelhart, Rodrigo, Sinistera, Tyler Adams, Liam Cooper. Bugger. 
which is a problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, all those injuries. The, the only games we've played well, really, have been against the big boys, where because they'll keep playing, you get a chance to press. So, before that team news, I would have said, no, he'll stick with it and we'll go for it. Do you think all those injuries mean he might try something different? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, th I think, obviously, there'll have to be a bit of a shift around. Um, you'd think it'd be Lorente in for Cooper. I do wonder if there's the temptation to put JB in. I have, what, yeah. What, for Greenwood. Do, do, I mean, the options I've got is it's Rocker and someone. And I've put yeah. Click, JB, Greenwood. I'd be tempted There's... for JB just as the most defensive of those options. Yeah. And there's no one, there's no 21s game either. So we're not going to get a clue. Yeah. Like the night before when so, if we were playing tomorrow night and, oh, he's not involved. Right. There's a chance for Again, um, there's just given what how we've lined up with the the three attacking midfielders, you could bring Click in to play at ten. Harrison goes left, Aronson right. Somerville you could know stay in, and I I haven't got Click down in my in my three behind the striker notes, but you're right that I could see that happening. Yeah, I mean, it could be Somerville, and yeah, that's who I do have down. Um, just the backfall, obviously. You said Urente for Cooper is most likely, and I think it probably is. Uh, did Ailing do enough to keep his place at right back? Um, I, su I suppose in comparison to Christensen, there's it, it's much more muchness with those two. So I, I, I don't really see. I don't think it'd be a big impact whichever way he goes. Yeah. Do you think there's any chance it's Cock and Strauch and Furpo plays? No. Do you think there's any chance it's Cock and Strauch and Christensen or Ailing or Jack Harrison play left back? No, but that would sound better. <laughs> no, I, I think he'll stick with a four as well. I When I saw those injuries, I don't think for a second he'll do this, and I don't know if it'll work, I would be tempted to go to a five. But as you know, I look at, I've been looking at our squad for ages and thinking a back three is a good idea. So, like, playing Ailing right wing back and then Urente, Cox, Strauch, and then Harrison as a wing back. Because mm. uh, then you've got your compact bit in the middle. You play your two midfielders quite deep as well. So you've got that block of five to try and stop a counter, but the wing backs have to go. You Then you could either do it with two in midfield and three up top or three in midfield and two up top. The problem is if you do it as a 5-3-2, you can't really press and... That's the only way we've created chances all season. Um, so if Tyler Adams is out, is he on money on JB and Rocker, or is that just what you'd do? I think that's what I'd do. Um, I'm very intrigued by this one actually, as to how he plays it. Mm. Um, especially given that. Greenwood didn't have a particularly great game last weekend. Um, I'd, I'd, 
I'd go for it. Just I think it gives us a bit more physicality in there. Um, uh, I, I like him when he gets on the ball. He isn't scared to turn out of pressure. You know, like Forshaw at his best. Hmm. He's got that. I, mean, he could I like move. that. Yeah, I like that as a thing. Yeah. Um, and I think I think Greenwood is better suited as a 10. I know he can play as a central midfielder there, but I think he would be better off as, as a 10 if you were going to keep him in the team. I think it'll be click. I think it'll be click and rocker. Hmm. But I would be absolutely fine with JB doing it. Um, if he played a midfield three, then I'd be all right with Allenson playing him there. Energy, presence and stuff. But I just don't think he's quite good enough on the ball to play in a two. But in a three, I'd be all right with it. Um, yeah, like if, if, if we did play five at the back, then a midfield three of rocker sort of the deepest one and then click and Aronson I'd be all right with uh front four I reckon it'll be Bamford up top because there's no one else so he's got to start him this time if Rodrigo and Gellart are injured surely and then I think it'll just be Harrison left Somerville right Aronson 10. yeah I think I preferred Aronson when he's been on the right so far yeah. I definitely have and he did let some of the like Somerville has played at ten sometimes. Yeah, and Harrison has as well, I suppose. Um, it's not many positions Jack Harrison hasn't played at this point. True, but do you think it'll be any? Do you think that he might play clickers ten then? Um, it's it's it, again. It's what I do if. If you if you play click and rocker, it's not much. It's, le- there's not much legs, is there? No, that is, that is exactly what I was thinking. Not that JB is the fastest person, but I suppose at least you've got some sort of physical presence in there more than more than speed. Um, uh, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how Nonto doesn't get on the bench this week. Um. I was just coming to that. Uh, because my one thought for that 5 3 2 was if you've got Aronson in midfield and Harrison's playing win back, Sinister is out. If there was a time to try a strike partnership and play like Bamford up with someone, probably Nonto in this situation. Yeah. I think this would be the game to try it. And as we know, if he's going to try something, it does tend to be in a game like this. But I don't think he'll do it. Um, so the main uh, the main question coming out of it is, do you think we have a go? You know, yeah, in because, the way we because, did... Because I don't think we can defend. So I, don't <laughs> think there, I don't think we have the ability to, to not have a go. So you think I don't think basically... we have the ability to have a go either. But so you think the shape wise, it will be Chelsea, Arsenal. Yeah. Run out, have a go, and hope that something goes your way early so you can get into the game. Yes. Right. Do you have any hope that that will be the case? Oh God, no. <laughs> I'd live like Liverpool aren't even playing that well. Like that they, they are 
up and down this season. But so again, I, I suppose if like when we play Chelsea, it's as good a time as any to be playing Liverpool. Like I, I know that they are unbeaten at home in in twenty eight, but the, you know this season they they've conceded. Was it three they conceded at home to Brighton? Yeah, because it was yeah it was three. Uh, you know, Van Dyke isn't looking like prime Van Dyke at the moment. Joe Gomez is a decent centre back, but it was absolutely uh, like the, the other games he's just been good. But mm. against Man City, he was absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Like he was one of the best centre back performances I've seen in a long time. Yeah, but. I mean, listen, he's up against Bamford and Aronson. He'll be yeah. fine. Um, do you have a prediction? Do you have a bet? Uh, I'm going to say we lose 3-1. Uh, 1-3 loss. Uh, for what it's worth, I have it written on the notepad before the podcast, nil four and sacked. Obviously, nil four is all of the prediction. He doesn't have to immediately get sacked to count. <laughs> uh, I have a bet noted down if you want a sec. Go on, yeah. Um, you say Virgil van Dijk isn't at his absolute best, and I think that's probably true. But I just watched us defend a few crosses, and I watched the Nottingham Forest game for Liverpool, that Liverpool played. And I have got Virgil van Dijk two or more shots on target at 10 to 1. Because I just think he's going to get three headers from corners. Yeah. Plus, he doesn't mind a long shot every now and then. So. Um, I found this is to score or assist anytime. Right. Brendan Aronson, three to one. Aronson, goal or assist. Yeah. Three to one. Very well. If we were playing someone else, that sounds a great bet. <laughs> someone else. Someone else. Um, yeah. I'm really not positive about this. I am curious who the random selection is going to be. If I had to pick right now, it's the out of nowhere Nonto starts this game. Mm. Just like. Just Sinistera's out. He's tried everyone else. And he just goes, fuck it, you're playing on the left. And yeah. and, and he still plays Harrison on the right. <laughs> Which doesn't work. Um I think that would be the I think that's the warning sign to me if Harrison ends up on the right again. Yeah. I also, with that many injuries, uh I would quite like to see one or both of Perkins and Joseph get on the bench. I think Joseph has a real chance because he's the, he's the closest that we've got to a Bamford. He isn't like Bamford, really, but he's closer than all the others are. He is a nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a shame about Joe Gellhart because, honestly, I'm, I'm at the point where it's just, just play him. That a lot of people are at that point, to be fair, like, and I would be. I mean, a lot of us have been at that point since. When did you start saying it about a year and a I half th ago? 
I think after he'd played two under 23 games, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, this lad needs to be in the first team immediately. (laughs) This lad has has had a season of first team football already. Just let let him go. Um, Yeah, it's a shame for him at this point. But I'm worried that every now and again, I just have this worry that Joe Gelhart is either not a good trainer or has wronged people in his life. Because it's just, just good. at this point, when you've not won for eight games, there is absolutely no reason for him not to start a game. I honestly think with him, he needs the manager to be playing the right system. Because he's not really a nine, and he's almost, he's, he's not, not really a ten. He's sort of a second striker. Hmm. And I think that if we... If we were playing four triple two, actual four triple two every week, I think he'd have got into the team by now and be playing regularly. Because yeah. I think he'd just be up with Bamford. Um, Radam Edgeoff again just saying his only hope is the teams just above Leeds don't start to pull away as long as we're in touching distance. If we can get a top striker, we'll be in the mix fighting. Well, well uh, we will be in the mix. The good thing is, there is a few poor teams this year, so they shouldn't just start flying away. But every team goes on a run. And it depends when that run comes. I remember back in the last season when Burnley just suddenly, like they were dead and they were above us going into the last game. It depends when those runs happen. (coughs) If those runs happen while we're having our run of hard fixtures, because and Michael has messaged it again and he's on about it, something I've been on about all season. We've had our easy run already. Yeah, if they, if while isn't. we're on if while we're on our hard run, teams around us pick up points, it is a very legitimate thing that we could be like bottom of the league and looking in serious trouble. Yeah, you know, we need a top striker in January. I'll tell you right now, under the current system, I don't see that happening. No. If we're gonna get a top striker in January, <clears throat> it's going to be Bamford hitting form or Gelhart hitting form. That's the only way we're going to end up with one for this season. Um, God, and this is me being way more positive than I was directly after the Fulham game. Uh, so, yeah. Hopefully, like, it's too early to look at the table, but hopefully they can all get beat and we can shit out something out of it. Because you never know. Yeah. Uh, have you got to add, KC, before we get away? No. So, yeah, you, we, we have all of us confidence in that you've gone for a 3-1 loss and I've gone for a 4 nil loss. So. I thought I was being confident there, to be honest. Uh, you've got score, You've got scoring, I don't. Yeah. yeah. If we are going to score, it'll be in the first 15 minutes. Otherwise, we're not going to. Because I think in the first 15 minutes, they might try and play confident passing out the back and maybe we can rob the ball. And I think not long after that, they'll realise, oh, we can just clip it over the front four. Not not long like some teams do. Just clip it over the front four and then the quality of the players. The, will the, the, yeah, just get it to Mo Salah near the halfway line. Run forward. Uh, I'll just mention this because just before we get away, Brereton Diaz is on a free in the summer, so Blackburn might expect a nominal fee in January. By all accounts, Blackburn are more than willing to let him go on a free and they want 20-odd million. Yeah. Even, even if he's got six months left on his deal, they'll probably still want 15. Because they know teams are desperate and someone will someone will blink and 
pay it. Uh, unless it's a foreign club, because they can talk to him about joining my fee in the summer. They might. They might take a lower fee off them. Uh, at least from the news last time I saw. But yeah, that will do us for episode 181. We will be back pro, uh, either Monday or Tuesday. Probably a bit later in the day than this because KC should be working at that time, at this time next week. It should be. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, that will do us. So I've been Jack. See you. I'm in KC. Have a good one. In a bit.